Welcome to the Nimrod Outdoors podcast, where we challenge and equip men, husbands, and fathers to become the spiritual leaders of the home. Let's dive right in. Why, hello. Well, hello, Chelsea. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. You beat me to the punch. You're you're about to say good morning again. Oh, well, you didn't introduce yourself. Does that matter? They don't care who I am. They care who we are. Well, I would hope they care who we are. (laughs) I'm Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, folks? This is M.A. Dozer with another Nimrod Outdoors podcast. We are glad that you're with us today, and I am met or sitting here as well with my beautiful wife, Chelsea. Um, hello there you go there she is <laughs> um so chelsea let's do a little recap uh because uh it's like i get to kind of do a recap this week because um you just did the second ever nimrod outdoors women's fishing event whoop, whoop. that's it just whoop 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 <laughs> so tell us about it tell us how it went tell us what was, y'all did it was great we sat around a campfire and dove into the word and uh, and then the ladies went fishing and caught a lot of fish yeah i don't remember the number 20 something i think i think it was 25 i 25. think that's what they said okay. yeah so they fish they caught enough that they ended their fishing trip like two hours early yeah it's like what so we thought they were like bored but they were just like no we just caught so many that we were done <laughs> what an awesome trip <laughs> so well that that's great um and uh, that was through one of our church partnerships hendersonville church um in hendersonville north carolina they are a phenomenal partner of ours um they send men down on a regular basis uh, about four times a year quarterly mm-hmm. um and uh, enough men came down and went home and started talking about it. The ladies were like... Yeah, these uh, are all wives of the guys who have come, Yeah, basically. They, they were like, I, I want to join in. Um, and so um, what an awesome opportunity. I'm proud of you for doing yeah. that and your heart for ministering to ladies. And We had fun. Well, good. good I think good it was time. just as much for me as it was for them. It normally is. <laughs> it normally is. Uh, just because just someone or me or you are leading an event or a trip does not mean that we are immune from the truth of the gospel that can infect our lives and refresh us truth Um, so it's always a good opportunity all right well so today we are doing chapter four of the hands of a warrior Mm -hmm. which uh my shameless plug father's day is coming up and this is a wonderful book for your men in your life (laughs) (laughs) so yeah hands of a warrior available on amazon or uh, our website nimrodoutdoors.com um and so chapter four the attributes of a war so we've set the setting we've talked about there's a spiritual war that is trying to separate our families trying to pull our families away from uh, a jesus-centered culture um and and so men have been called to spiritually lead and disciple their families um and so let's talk about what the attributes of a warrior is like what does a spiritual warrior following jesus look like yeah um i think well it's i think god lays it out pretty simply uh in genesis chapter 1 verses 26 
Uh, you don't have to get very far into the Bible uh, for God to just, in my opinion, lay out what his expectations are of man. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, I think in our culture today, um, we have a skewed understanding of what manly, manhood is, what manliness is, mm-hmm. uh, what are the attributes of an actual God-fearing man. Um, and we've allowed those cultural ideologies of what a man is, I think, infiltrate into the church. So now we've got a bunch of dudes that are just confused at what true manliness looks like. But the first thing we have to understand as created beings is what is the expectations and what is the um, attributes in which the creator gave us? Mm-hmm. Um, and what is his? what was his plan to begin with? And so in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, it says, Then God said, let, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and ever, over all creeping things that creep on the earth. So really, it's right there in the very beginning. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Um, and so really, I, I just start off with this entire chapter saying, you know, what defines a warrior? To what standard do we hold ourselves to as men? And what qualities and attributes should we seek to immerse our lives with? The, we should all be asking these questions because if we don't have standards, then we have no purpose. And a life without purpose is dead. And so really, honestly, Chelsea, the world gives tries to give a lot of explanations of and answers to those questions. Um, they also try to give answers and explanations to what a true man is, what is a biblical man. Um, and so I think from very early on in adolescence, uh, we have young men growing up emulating things that are of this world and are not of God. And so really we have to understand what standard are we held to as men. Yeah. Um, and we find that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, like, let's make man in our image. Uh, so if we are made in the image of God, then God is that standard. And so therefore, that standard is perfection. Mm-hmm. That's God's expectation of us. Um, now, I know a lot of people listening will probably be like, well, we can't be perfect. We're not perfect. We're told that from the very beginning. Like, that's a pillar of Christian faith is that we are flawed individuals. You know, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is true. But that doesn't change God's expectation of us, which is perfection. Jesus even said in Matthew 5, 48, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we kind of covered this a little bit uh, in a previous episode called The Imperfects, Mm -hmm. um, where we we wrestle with and break down what God's true expectation of us is. And it was the same expectation from the beginning of creation to Jesus's time to our time now. And it will continue to be this expectation throughout eternity. And that expectation is perfection. Uh, Now, we can't attain perfection. Like, we can't reach that expectation. So I think as men and what the world has done and the culture has done is said, well... We can't reach that, so that doesn't God, you know, God's changed his expectation, or you know, God gives us grace and mercy, and that's true too. But he doesn't give us grace and mercy on changing his expectation. Mm-hmm. The way he gave us grace and mercy was by providing Jesus. Yes. Um, and so the way that we can, I guess, 
come into that perfection is only through Jesus. Um, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We cannot enter the presence of the Father with his expectation of perfection without being clothed in righteousness through the blood of Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. So the first step of us as men understanding what our attributes of a warrior is without there being any personal attributes or or you know physical attributes that are called to be a man i don't care who you are what you look like you know i don't care if you're you know five foot nothing like me and can't beat yourself out of a wet paper bag because you're not muscular and weak or you're look like Dwayne the rock johnson (laughs) anywhere in the scale in between those two you will still be utterly put to shame if you do not have Jesus in your life when you come into the presence of God. Yes. Um, and so that's the first and foremost thing as men we have to understand is we have to surrender and submit our lives to the authority and leadership of Jesus. Um, he died on the cross for our sins. Um, and again, I think our culture today wants to shift that and be like, yeah, Jesus died on your sins, so so God gives you utmost grace and mercy. No, the utmost grace and mercy was that he sent Jesus Mm -hmm. because God's expectation never changes, and it is still perfection. And, you know, I think you and I have talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast or not, but just the holiness of God. Like, we don't comprehend in our Western mindset the holiness of God. Like, we are taking him off his throne and trying to denotch him a little bit and saying like, Oh, well, since Jesus came, it's all love and grace. Well, well, no, Jesus is the loving grace because God is holy. Um, even in scripture, it says he's holy, holy, holy. And if you look at the building of the temple of Solomon, like there was a holy place and then there was a most holy place. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there was a place that was holy in which the priest could go, and then there was a most holy place, yeah. which was the presence of God. Um, and so no matter how holy we think we can become, like it nowhere amounts to the most holiness of God. And so when it comes to the attributes of a warrior is we have to understand that we can't be perfect. But that is God's still that is God's expectation, and that expectation will not change. So that's why we need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if men can understand that, that is the foundation. Then from there, we can start building these biblical qualities into our lives that seem to be a little more tangible. Correct. Yeah. Um, but first and foremost, we need Jesus in our life. Yeah. So, preach. Well, <laughs> sorry. So. So, you know, I think in where we're living today, society has, I mean, there's like, I feel like two huge spectrums or ends of the spectrum on what a man is. Um, And I think our our culture and society has like really skewed it, not even in the church. I think there's two different directions we can go here and that we can talk about for a minute. One of them is what the, the the standard of what a man is in the church, but then also what society is labeling a man, and it's it's scary for those raising kids in this culture because it's so skewed. Yeah. Um, and I don't even think they can define what a man is. Like I don't 
I think if you went and asked somebody what a man is, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if people really can define and label what that is. Um, but I just like going into my childhood and, and talking about, um, just society and what it's done. Like it's very, I, we have become so sexualized, like putting sexualization on our children. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's confusing. And I know like for me, I was a tomboy until eighth grade. And finally in like ninth grade, I finally was like, Oh, makeup. Ooh, I want to look pretty. <laughs> like, um, but I was just a little less mature. Like a lot of my friends were jumping on that boat, like wanting to wear Abercrombie and, you know, brand names and doing hair and makeup and all that way earlier. And I just, I didn't care. My two best friends were boys and I just wanted to stick fight and build forts and play with Legos. And, um, I just lived the life and it was great. And I look at that and how I grew up and how confusing it would be if, if I was 20 years ahead, you know, and, and what society would try to portray on me today Sure. and how confusing that would be. And um, so, I mean, just, just how our culture has completely skewed and, and what, what it is to be a man or a woman or a girl or a boy. Sure. And it's, it's scary for our kids. Yeah. Well, ultimately, uh, the, the one that was the, the truest man was Jesus, right? Yeah. And so we need to dive into scripture and emulate who Jesus was in our own lives. Now, even the church has skewed who Jesus is because uh, it seems like outside culture of church, you know, men want to be masculine and manly and not show any emotion and be, mm -hmm. you know, demonstrative and authoritative and, you know, have lots of money and big jacked up trucks and lots of toys and say, I'm a grown man, I could do what I want. Mm -hmm. um, inside the church, though, we see this shift where, like, it's almost a fight against that. And so they're like, no, Jesus was all this loving. He, you know, sat in green meadows with sheep on his lap and petted them. And they turn him into this kumbaya, kumbaya <laughs> type, you know what I mean? And yeah. say, like, you know, if you're a real man, like, you know, you don't, you know, you're soft and all this. And the, the fact of the matter is both those are wrong. Yeah. Like, we have to understand truly who Jesus was. And so understanding who Jesus was is... Um, is an amazing thing. And if we actually get into scripture, you know, you can combat both those. Well, first of all, the truth of the matter is to the church, you know, we want to portray Jesus as this kumbaya kind of hippie type that loves everybody and was good with everybody. Well, the fact of the matter is like, if you look at the description of Jesus, uh, in Joshua, you know, Joshua chapter, uh, five, um, you know, this is, this is the, like, Jesus coming to earth before he came as a baby. Like he was the commander of the Lord's armies. Mm -hmm. And it says in Joshua chapter five, when Joshua was, was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn, with his drawn sword in hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. And now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped him and said to him, why does my Lord say to his servant? Mm -hmm. And so here's the thing. 
you don't have this soft Mamby Tamby type. You have the commander of the army of the Lord. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, that was an angel. No, because it literally says Joshua worshipped him and said to him, why does my Lord say to his servant? Um, you know, this was the reincarnate. I mean, not reincarnate. This was like the carnate Jesus mm-hmm. in front of me. He was part of the Godhead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Joshua would not have worshipped an angel. You know, he may have fell on his face at the sight of an angel, but he sure. wouldn't have worshipped and he wouldn't have said, why does my Lord come to a servant? Mm-hmm. And so this was Jesus standing there as a warrior with his sword drawn. Um, and so, like, that's an amazing picture of, of Jesus that I think a lot of the main cultural church today misses is he is a warrior. He is a man ready to go to war on behalf of his people. Yeah. Um, and so we have to understand that. Now, on the back side of that, though, is there's so many men that struggle with, with what saying? The saying, I love you. Mm-hmm. Right. We, they struggle with that. And if you talk to a lot of men, they're like, well, my dad never said he loved me. Um, I know, you know, most of them will say, well, I know he loved me because he worked hard or he did this or he did that. But they never actually audibly heard it. Sure. Um, and I break that down in the book um, because, you know, in, in our culture today, like saying I love you, um, it's like almost like a taboo forbidden word that men are don't say to their wives or their children. Um, and if they do, it's very, very, like not very often at all. Um, but it, it's kind of seen as weak in our culture. Um, and But the, the problem is, is I love you is something that God Almighty speaks to us. Yeah. He speaks to us that through Isaiah 43. Um, and a lot of people say, well, that's, you know, that's not manly and all whatever. Well, I break that down in this scripture or in this uh, chapter two. And I say this, I say, the creator of the universe, the great I am, the alpha and the omega, the one wearing a bloodstained robe and riding a white horse, the one with a sword coming from his mouth with eyes like fire, and the one who rules the nations with an iron rod. That's a description out of Revelation of who God is. Like, that's a pretty manly description. Like, a dude with a blood-soaked robe with eyes like fire with an iron rod with a sword coming out of his mouth. Like, <laughs> that's about as manly as you can get, Right. And I say, this one openly and daily tells each of us, I love you. And he just expresses to his people that. And that's, you find that in Isaiah 40, uh, Isaiah chapter 43, you know, verse one starts off with the Lord saying, um, the Lord of hosts saying, fear not for I have redeemed you. I've called you my name. You are mine. Mm -hmm. This is God claiming his people. So as men, as husbands and fathers, are we speaking that over our children? Like you are mine. I, I've redeemed you. Like we don't necessarily redeem our children, but we are there in protection of them. Like they are ours. Do they know that? Do we know? Do they know that we care for them? Will you drop down just a couple of verses in Isaiah forty three four, and it says, "You are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you." This is the Creator of the universe telling us, His people, "You are precious to me, and I love you." Are we speaking that truth to our children? Because that builds them up, and so they're you, gonna they're gonna seek it from somewhere. If they're not getting it from their their dad, the man in their life, they're gonna seek those words from somebody. Sure, the natural bent of of a son will be he's just gonna turn hardened and bitter. Mm-hmm. The natural bent of a of a daughter is she's gonna go seek it anywhere she can find it. Yeah, and most of the time the world will give it to her in a way that is not 
not healthy and not respectful. And but she thinks that is what is love because her dad never said it to her. Yeah. Never showed it to her. Right. Um, and so that's the faults that you have inside this false manhood on either side. Mm-hmm. The the side that is like Stonewall Jackson showing no emotion, saying I don't love you. Um, that's a detriment to our society, but also swinging way over here to this manby pamby side of, Oh, he just, he's all love. He's all, no, he is a man that stands on truth and he has his sword drawn, ready to go to war for the people that they, that he calls his. Um, and so there's this balance here that we have to understand. Now, really we get the attributes of a warrior out of Galatians five, um, starting verse 22 through 23. And, you know, it says that if we surrender our life to Christ, he gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is supposed to be a guide and a helper. And so, you know, it says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And so that was Galatians five twenty-two through 23. And so um, we have to ask ourselves as men, like, and we have to examine our souls like this list of attributes. Are we displaying that in our life on a daily basis? Yeah. Um, and, you know, some days I display better uh, than, you know, some better than others. Um, but I think the, the key here is, is when we examine our souls, I think, again, this goes back to, I think, chapter two or something like that, talking about behavior mod- modification, you know. On the outward side, I can express these and it look genuine, but are they truly, am I truly being changed in my soul? Sure. And that's, that's really the question because God, God is not seeking behavior modification. He doesn't want you to just be a morally good person. He wants to mold you more into the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that takes changing your soul. Um, and so I break it down in this chapter as well saying, you know, you may say that you're self-controlled and you may on the outward be self-controlled. You may, you know, your marriage may be good. Your finances may be good. Your business may be good. On the outside, everything looks like you have it under control. You are self-controlled. But I pose this question. What about your thoughts? Yeah. You know, are you self-controlled in your thoughts? Um, because God looks to transform our whole being, mm-hmm. not just our outward outward look on life or how people perceive us Mm -hmm. um and so that's really where this gets into it of you know take this list of attributes that god has portrayed that the holy spirit that we're supposed to get as a helper is supposed to mold into us and are these attributes actually not just molding our behavior but molding our soul and changing actually who we are yeah and are these attributes that we want to see our daughters you know seeking and so if, if that's what we're wanting our daughters to be seeking in another man, the best place for her to learn those attributes is through her own dad. Sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's where our kids learn the majority of these things. I mean, wives and, and moms, man, y'all, y'all doing an amazing job of loving and nurturing the kids um, and bringing them up in this soft, warm comfort. Y'all have a... A purpose, and I think we may break into that in this next. Um, is it the next chapter? 
Let's see. Yes, in chapter five, a warrior does not fight alone, and we talk about what that means with us going to war beside our wives on yeah. behalf of our children. Yeah. Um, so y'all serve an amazing purpose, <clears throat> but God has ordained the husband and the father to be that pillar in which the wife and the children look at. Mm-hmm. And so we are supposed to emulate Christ. Um, and there's going to be days that are hard and suck because we're flawed individuals. Yeah. Um, and we're going to mess up. Um, but ultimately when we mess up is our attitude of like, ah, well, we always mess up. I'm imperfect, whatever. Or are we sitting there going, no, God expects perfection. And come back to the drawing table and say, I'm going to work on this. Um, and there's things, there's things in my own personal life that I, I can check off this list of the fruits of the spirit, um, and be, you know, I, they were easy. It's like breeze through them. I got those. I, they're down. There are some of these on here that, man, I tell you what, just like nag at me and nag at me and they've nagged at me for years. Um, I think for instance, uh, the patience side of things. I, <laughs> I, I'm pretty, a pretty patient individual. Like, yeah. um, it takes a lot to get me bent out of shape. Um, but when you get me bent out of shape, look out, <laughs> but it takes, like, I can hold back a lot. Um, I can hold back my temper and my tongue a lot, but, uh, like one that I, I struggle with is gentleness. I am not a very gentle soul. Um, I am more of no, you're going to do it and you're going to do it now. And, um, you know, that's again where society is like, well, that's the female's job. Well, no, that's not what scripture says, you know. Now, as my wife, you do a great job of coming up and being like, hey, you need to be a little more gentle. So, like, the Holy Spirit's using you to impart gentleness into me. Um, but it should not be my expectation that you just provide all the gentleness to our kids. Like, that is that is something that is commanded of me as well. Um, you know, something I think I do pretty dang good is faithfulness. I feel like I'm a pretty faithful individual. Um, I think on the outside, you would think I, I would say that I'm self-controlled, but I'm also a man. And our world and our culture today throws anything and everything at us um, to try and dictate our thoughts. Right? Sure. You turn on the TV, it's there. You go into town, it's there. You get on your phone, it's there. Mm-hmm. And so can I have self-control of my thoughts? And man, like when I wrote this chapter, I was writing it about me because I struggle. Like that's a struggle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think anybody would say, oh man, he, he's got everything under control. Like, no, I don't. Like <laughs> if you could get into this mind trap of mine, like you'd be like, oh my goodness. Well, I think that's most everybody i mean there there's so many directions that can go but um you know for for men i think lust like our society they just put it everywhere it's in front of you constantly um and then for women like it's it's the identity of a woman Mm -hmm. and like they portray what this woman is and unfortunately you know, the women that they're portraying aren't even real. They they have altered them to make them, quote-unquote, beautiful. Sure. And so, like, they're not even finding these women who can match the beauty that our society thinks we're supposed to be. And so, I mean, it's all fake, but it's everywhere. Yeah. And so, you know, we have these 
false expectations that are constantly just being put in our minds of like what beauty is and trying to achieve that. And, you know, I think it, it's, we all have, it's just, it's all over. It's in front of us constantly. Well, and, and that's what's crazy. Actually, um, I just read an article on this and then I actually saw it firsthand on Instagram and it, it blew my mind. But, um, you know, AI, artificial intelligence is coming out mm-hmm. and, they've been able to ai's been able to develop its own instagram pages mm-hmm. and so um people are like being followed and following maybe even unknowingly these ai platforms and um i was actually on instagram the other day for um nimrod and i hit something and there was like this um picture and she was a beautiful girl she was fully clothed but she was beautiful and I like look at her face um she uh she was a a black lady and I was like man like her eyes are stunning you know what I mean like it just caught me off guard then I looked at the top and it said charlotte dash ai and I clicked on it and I started reading the description and it was an ai generated individual and so it like literally took all these attributes that it had compiled from us putting our faces on the internet for 20 years. Yeah. And it compiled this, and it's maybe not perfect. It wasn't perfect, but it compiled as clean of an object as it could of a representation of this woman. And to me, it looked beautiful. Mm -hmm. But then I had to, like, reprogram my brain to be like, that's fake. That's not real. You know what I mean? Even though initially it caught my eye, and I was like, wow, she's beautiful. Like it, and then all of a sudden, like the depravity of that started like eating at my soul, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, yeah. like as a grown man, as a thirty-five-year-old man, that initially got taught, like saw it, and was like, "Wow, she's beautiful." Like, and then have the ability to like come back from that. Like, talk about our teenage daughters. Yeah. Talk about our teenage sons. That now, like for a daughter looking at that and being like, that's the expectation. Oh yeah. And it's not true. It's not real. That's not, that's not what God created for you. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, it can't be met, but then it's going to drive them down this rabbit hole that, and then for our men, for our young men looking at that and saying, that's what I want. Yeah. And that's not out there. That's fake. That's false. It's not true, but it look, I mean, I can't tell you like it was, it was as real as real could be. Sure. Um, and it wasn't until I actually saw the AI tag on it and did a little bit of reading that I understood. Like it was, it almost scared me a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so that's where we have to be very mindful and root ourselves in the wisdom of the Lord and say, the world's going to throw all this junk at you. Let's go back to scripture and understand who God created you to be and what he created you to be. Mm-hmm. And men, we have to understand Yes, we're raising other men and our sons, but let me tell you what, the love of a father for his daughter is the ultimate platform and foundation that she will stand on. And I tell dads this all the time. I'm like, how you treat your wife and how you go into this world loving on your daughter is, will be a direct resemblance of the man that comes knocking on your door one day. Yeah. And so if you don't like the man that comes knocking on your door, (laughs) look in the mirror because um, she's either going to completely run from the man that you are because you are an awful man and didn't treat her well or you were overbearing or you were you know had 
had these um, unrealistic expectations um, or she's going to, you know, model what you modeled for her. Are you, are you loving her like God loves her, like Christ loves her? Are you telling her, hey, you're beautiful, not because of what you look on the outside, but because God created your soul and you are you are a daughter of his. And so you are beautiful. Um, and, you know, that's one thing, Chelsea, you've taught me is like when Ridgely puts something on that she looks super cute in, um, I could tell her she's cute, but I need to make sure to let her know like she's always cute. That piece of clothing did not make her cuter. Yeah. That piece of clothing did not make her more beautiful. We don't want her to but, identify beauty as the the material. Correct. Like the material. She she is what's beautiful. Yes. Um, she makes that dress look pretty. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's a fantastic way of putting it. And you you've taught me that. Um, you know, I grew up with two sisters, but I was the oldest, and I was like, Dad. Go away. You know what I mean? And so, like, now raising two daughters, like, I see the value in that. Now, my dad did a phenomenal job raising two daughters. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, my dad always said, my hope is that even when my daughter turns 40, she's willing to come sit on my lap and love on her daddy. Um, that's the kind of love God wants. Is like, come here, child. I want to love on you. Well, I'm 40 years old. You're still my child. Yeah. Come on, let's go. Um, and so, you know, that's where um, I think we as men need to understand like maybe in raising our sons we could be a little more authoritative and gruff and be like hey no you're a man i'm gonna expect expect this out of you but when it comes to our daughters man there's nothing like richly right now at seven i can't tell you how many times she comes up to me and she's like daddy can we just cuddle hey. and she'll just pull me away from whatever we're doing we go sit on the couch she doesn't want to watch tv she doesn't want to do anything she doesn't even really talk she just wants to feel the love of her father mm -hmm. around her. Um, and, man, that brings, that builds up her self-esteem and her soul more than I think I could ever understand. Yeah. Well, um, it's a safe space. I mean, you're like a protect, the protector. You're the, you're the lover. You're the, like, so it's just a safe space, like, being in your arms. And, and that's the same reflection of Christ and God. Like, he's... There's nowhere safer than being in his arms. Mm, true. That'll preach. That'll <laughs> preach. So, um, But I think we can end this with that. I mean, you're right. There's nowhere safer than the arms of Christ. That's for grown men. That's for grown women. That's for our children. Mm -hmm. And so our job as men in these attributes of what is the attribute of your warrior is literally just mirroring Christ yeah. back to our kids and to our wives. Um and so here's the truth of the matter. Um, I pray that men can become transparent and honest with themselves because we're all flawed, right? Like mm -hmm. every one of us is flawed. We are all imperf imperfect. God's standard is still perfection, but we're imperfect. And so the first step is understanding and admitting that, admitting that we are not perfect yeah. and we have flaws. And then opening up that steel trap of that men like to close and not show emotion and really start examining ourselves on these attributes and saying, where am I doing good? Where am I utterly failing? Lord, where I'm failing, I need you to just come into my life and start changing my soul. But we have to open ourselves up and surrender ourselves to him to allow him to start doing that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that is what's important is because God does not look to just change our outer behavior. He looks at the innermost of who we are. Um, he sees who we truly are. 
and you know a warrior a true warrior looks to change not just his flesh but more importantly his soul to the core of who he is um so that's what we're looking to do is not just an outward behavior modification but an, an entire soul changing level of what we're asking the holy spirit to do in our lives um and if we can be honest with ourselves and we can you know do the hard work of really putting ourselves out there in and examining ourselves um we can begin the process of gaining the attributes of a warrior um but we have to reject and deny these other these worldly expectations of what a man is of you know is the true biblical man manliness that we're looking for um you know because the world's going to throw anything and everything he that it can at us Mm -hmm. to try and confuse us um it and unfortunately i have to say even inside the church of the western world it's throwing a it is pacified men in its you know cultural christianity of like oh you're as a man you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to do this no i'm i'm telling you what like if you continue to pacify men we will continue to have lack of leadership inside the church we are we will we will continue to have lack of leadership inside our homes um and truly you know there are statistics out there that are just heartbreaking and it all is because men have quit leading their homes um, and it takes a warrior to lead a home. It takes a warrior to say, no, I'm going to fight against the spiritual forces. Um, I say it all the time, but, you know, if somebody came into my house and threatened you or my children, I'm going to do whatever it takes to eliminate that threat. Yeah. The problem we have inside the church today is we've pacified men so far into this, like, hole over here saying oh you're just supposed to be this you're just supposed to be gentle jesus was this mamby pamby type that we have basically told them any type of authority you want to stand up and take advantage of like in fight of your wife and children is wrong and so what's happening is inside the spiritual realms the devil is coming in because we have we don't have men leading anymore because the church has told them like oh you're not supposed to be authoritative you're not supposed to be you know Demonstrative. You're not supposed to be a warrior for the kingdom. The reality is there has to be a balance. Um, and so that's where we see the Holy Spirit come in and say, these are the attributes. You could still be a man. You could still be a warrior with these attributes. But the true test of manhood is in the image of Christ. Yeah. So are we putting ourselves up to that image and not just saying what a churchy person told us a man looks like, but going into scripture and saying, no, 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 this is what Jesus, this is who Jesus was. This is how he walked this earth. And this is what scripture tells us who Jesus was. That is a man. And that's what I'm going to try and emulate. And so, you know, we're told in God's word, uh, do not lie to each other. Um, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on your new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Colossians 3, 9 through 10. So as men, it's time to put to death the old man and put on the new man, mm-hmm. which is found in the image of its creator. Yeah. There is, like, God created you. He tells you who you are. And he tells us that through this scripture. It is time as men, we step up, we stand up, and we start saying, who is it that God created me to be? What purposes has he ordained in my life? And we take hold of those, and we take them seriously. 
because the generations that come after us are dependent on what we do today. Um, and so are we going to start fighting for the souls of generations that we may never meet because we are deciding to take hold of what God has ordained and created us to be as men and spiritual leaders inside the home, inside our communities, um, all for the glory of God. Yeah. So Preach. All right. Stay humble. Stay focused. Keep pressing on. Glad that y'all are with us today. <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you would like to learn more about the ministry of Nimrod Outdoors, find us on Facebook or look us up at nimrodoutdoors.com. We hope you have a great day and we hope to see you next time.